Hello world, this is the Brother to Brother Show. I'm your host, K-Mo. Thank you for taking this journey with us with real men, real problems, real solutions. Let's go. All right, we're back to the Brother to Brother Show. Um, I'm here with a, a close friend of mine. Um, Parson, can you speak to the listeners real quick? Listeners, it's a joy to be with you all again. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. All right. Thank you so much for that. So, uh, Parson and I were talking off offline a little bit about some topics, and we thought this was a little bit uh, lighthearted, and we wanted to address it. And uh, I've heard some friends of mine talk about this. I had uh, a couple of past relationships that I just felt like there were some, some things that uh, didn't necessarily go so right, and that's okay. But in this particular episode, we want to touch on the the phrases. I mean, the uh, topic is naked and afraid. Uh, what are some pet peeves that uh, we have running through our, our heads that we may not uh, discuss with other folks that uh, maybe just turned you off in the past? So um, I could think about uh, a friend of mine recently. I know uh, that whole phrase that those those folks who are over uh, 30 and seen boomerang and they talked about uh, hammer time in your shoe. So that's like a thing that people say. I didn't even know that was a thing until, you know, so everybody knows what hammer time is. So are there any things that you can think of that you've heard from your friends, you experienced yourself, but it just really like pet peeves of yours and turns you off? Well, I would say the way that I would approach it, the things that that spark my interest, that, right. that pique my interest and keep my interest. Right. I'm interested in elegance. Yeah. And, and elegance is not about money. Uh, it's not about brand names. Elegance is about a certain style. Mm. Uh, black people, uh, by and large, I'm not assuming that all listeners are black, but I speak from my own context are an ornamental people from our African ancestors to present colors and fabrics. And so I'm looking for, so I'm attracted to women, uh, really uh, different shapes and sizes, but there's a certain elegance, a certain bearing in carriage. Mm. Uh, they, they, they know what, they know their body type and they, and they accent the body type with the right clothing. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. I am as attracted to a woman who is the size of Jill Scott mm -hmm. as I would be attracted to a woman that's, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone, much more than, let's say Halle Berry right. or somebody right. like that. I don't mm -hmm. know. You know, but, but I'm looking for elegance. I'm mm -hmm. looking for someone who does, but here's the thing, I don't like overdone. Mm -hmm. So to me, elegance is simple. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I, it's, I, the metaphor I use, Kmo, is music. I don't like overproduced music. Mm -hmm. I like for it to have. I like for there to be some. There to be some silence, some space. I'd like for it to be sparse in places. So, mm -hmm. an elegance that is simple, not too much makeup, mm -hmm. not too many colors, not right. too many accessories. Now this. This, in some ways, sounds to me. I mean, you know, uh, some people will hear this as, as patriarchal, misogynistic. But again, I, I'm just my own. You ask me my right, personal right. druthers. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I would say, to be honest, I started with the with the ornamentation 
But really what the ornamentation speaks to, to me, is the spirit of the person. Mm -hmm. So a person, and, and let me just universalize this across genders. Someone who is doing too much often mm -hmm. is trying to cover up for mm -hmm. a perceived lack of something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I overdo it, I have to ask myself, why am I overdoing <laughs> right, it? Whether that's right. overeating, yeah. overdressing, mm -hmm. spending more money, wh whatever it may be. So that's, I look at that. Um, I'm interested in a certain kind of conversation. Mm. I'm really turned off by anyone who talks about himself or herself all the time. Right. If I'm interested in dating a, a woman, if all you do is talk about yourself, that's a red flag. Unhealthy relationships. But you have, if you if you talk to your mama fifteen times a day, <laughs> if you right. if you talk to your, if you text your best friend about everything that we do, yes, like I can't I can't do that. I need I want you to stay in touch with your family. I want you to stay in touch with your friends, but I also need space that belongs to us, where only we share what is being shared. Mm. So let, let me slow down like that. I talked a lot. What do you think? What's your reaction to no, that? No, I co-sign with a lot of things you just said. I mean, the things that get me is like, again, like I, I appreciate people who say, oh, I, I'm, I'm really a family person. But, you know, but they do everything with their family. And it's like, well, to me, a partnership is a partnership. And you you you, you have to sacrifice a little bit, a piece of that. And so uh, I've heard people just, you know, so somebody who is just really not necessarily not into their family, but they can't sacrifice time to then spend time with me wholeheartedly. Somebody who has their phone out all the time, you know, where work consumes everything and it's okay, you know, but I think if, if there's an opportunity for us to spend time with each other, there needs to be that silence. Like you said. Um, and even if there's a call that may come in or something that comes in, just respecting the other person and letting them know is fine with me, but just overly doing anything like that. I think you kind of, um, really touch that. Um, for me, it's also, um, you know, <laughs> I would say someone who is, you know, um, into materialistic things. I think that you touched on that, like cars you drive and all this stuff like that. Uh, I'm not really a big person who does so much that on you know the internet or so much on what goes on with celebrities and things of that nature so if you're doing a lot of conversations around that then that's going to be a turnoff to me you know now if it's you know we can just talk about nothing and do that occasionally but if that's your go-to that's a problem for me i'm a, i think i'm a conversationalist and i think that um the things that are going to spark me are going to be intellectual conversations. Uh, you know, what does life look like to you? Um, how does your family, you know, what are some of the things you did when you grew up as a family that can still be lighthearted, but not as, you know, um, don't have the meat of a, you know, of a, of a meal. And I feel like a lot of conversations these days, and I think it um, holds true because of you know how social media has helped us a lot, but also hurt hurt us a lot, and yeah. it's it's caused us to not even be able to socialize. So I like I, I just somebody who's all, and I think it's important for us to have silence with each other. But during those moments that we're together and we decide to have conversation, 
are you able to have a good conversation? You know, are you able to expand on anything? And we can just talk about nothing. I think those things to me are super important when I'm trying to get to know somebody. And I'm like, if we can't do that now, then I just, I always imagine like being at the, um, you know, I see people and I people watch a lot and I see relates, like see people who are just sitting down and they're saying nothing to the person, you know, and, or you see that person, but you also see the, the old couple that's out eating and they're like, you can just tell like they're just in each other's space and they get it. And I think those are two different, like, uh, uh, visions that I, I have for myself when I'm thinking about like somebody that I want to emulate or think about, you know, uh, long term and those things, uh, things like that. You know, another thing that I think that we have to name is that which is not easily described. So you have to pay attention to what I'm going to call now the spark. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about if you take iron and strike it against flint, you're gonna get a spark. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed, and here's what you have to manage, really, to be honest: the spark doesn't care if you're single or married. Mm-hmm. So the the danger is always. Well, let me first let's talk about the opportunity. If you are available. Pay attention to the spark. There'll be some people that you will spark, but they'll not be sparked by you. Mm. And there'll be some people, uh, and vice versa is true, that, that they will be sparked, but not vice versa. So what I learned was to pay attention to the spark. Some people spark me, some people don't. And sometimes the, it can it possibly can go over time, but, but in my experience, it hadn't happened that way. I'm sure it can happen for others, but there was something immediately that drew me to the person and drew that person to me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to pay attention to that. Likewise, if you're in a committed relationship, you still have energy that attracts and other people have energy and you have to realize, don't, here's the thing, if it's there, don't pretend like it's not there because that's how you end up in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you, if you're in a committed relationship, try to be monogamous, when the spark appears, you have to know that it's the spark and make sure that you don't run into its energy. Because if you do, you might not be able to control it. Likewise, if you're looking for someone, be open to that spark, that connection. And if it's somebody that you're sparked to and you are attracted, then, you know, explore and, and see what you find out. Hmm. Can you talk a little, like, give me examples of, uh, from, a married, uh, from a married man's point of view, um, what are some sparks that you saw immediately and that they haven't lost the spark? Well, I'll tell you, but I mean, we, when you, when you get married, you still, you still see people who are attractive. Mm-hmm. You're still interacting with people and people are still attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And so what you have to do is to manage that because, uh, we live in a world where people are lonely mm-hmm. and people are looking for companionship. Mm-hmm. And if you decide that you're going to be a certain kind of person, person who won't manipulate, then you have to be very, very careful. Now, the most successful relationships that I know of the husband and the wife, uh, they talk about those things. They talk, they talk about, you know, hey, I just need you to know that this, this, this is going over here. Uh, let's talk about it. I right. mean, I had a friend of mine, they, they just had a very open relationship like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Some people's relationship won't be like that, 
but if you if you don't have that, then you have to make sure you police yourself because I want people to know that when you get married, it does not take away your being appealing to other people, you're attracting other people, nor does it take away your being attracted to other people. So you have to determine what kind of person you're going to be and how you will handle that energy because it will surely happen. Mm. So, okay. What are some things that you possibly have heard or do that keep the spark going that you feel like there was a spark that you saw in your wife that she did it for, mm. that she did it for you and she continues to do it and has the same spark that it had when you first met her? Brother, I tell you, I, and this has been difficult for me, I'm, and I'm not assuming it is for all brothers, Right. but you've got to pay attention. If, if, if something is appealing, if it's something that she likes, in my instance, then I need to I need to record that in my mind. Mm-hmm. I need to know that that is a beautiful country to which we can return if I keep the keys in my pocket. Right. Now, if I throw the keys away, then I won't be able to come back. So treating, doing certain things domestically around the house and remembering how she reacts to that. Right. When you are in the midst of being physical and sexual with one another, remembering what brings her pleasure. And if you're exploring new things, to talk about what brings you pleasure. Mm-hmm. If you are wanting to gift them with something or go out on an evening uh, that will be memorable, do you know what she likes? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, not only do you know what she likes, but I think that can get you lazy. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to explore with her to discover things that she doesn't yet know that she likes? Mm-hmm. 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 So doing both and has kept sparks uh, flying for me. So I'm going to go a little bit uh, off, not off subject, but onto another um, um, topic that that's un- underneath this. But we talked about things that we like. Right. And so some of the things I could just think about as you're speaking right now, that's some that I really, really enjoy when I, I I don't care. Any woman has this. Right. It could be like you said, a Jill Scott uh, body type or a Holly Berry or somebody, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, race, whatever. Um, but a woman who wears perfume every time that gets me like she can walk past me. She could be in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, working with somebody. I always stop. And it's just something in my brain that just comes back to me and said, that's very attractive. A woman who wears a dress that fits her body type, like you said. It's just a different level of elegance that I look at her. And a woman who knows how to walk in heels, not who wears heels, but knows how to walk in those heels. It's just something about those three things that I'm like, wow, that really does it for me. And so um, now, of course, if I'm attracted to somebody, that makes it even better. But in those cases, I think that those things, I, for the for some reason, I can remember being in elementary school. All of my elementary school teachers, they had I could smell them. I knew them when they came. I don't know if that's just a thing that doesn't happen anymore, or you know, or people just don't buy perfume as much, or they just only buy it for certain occasions. But I was in school, <laughs> and every day I knew when Miss Touchton or Miss Gregory would walk past, or they were in a vicinity because of their perfume. Is that something that you noticed over the oh, last man. couple of years? Let me say, let me say a couple of things. I appreciate what you're saying about wearing heels and not letting the heels wear you. Right. But you know, a tidbit is fascinating. So I don't know if you know about the history of heels, but I've read some stuff about them. And 
if memory serves, and there's some articles out on this, the gentleman who designed heels uh-huh. was, I think, a French architect or an artist. And his goal in the heel was to simulate what happens to a woman's foot when she has an orgasm. Mm. Which is why, if, if that indeed is true, and it sounds like it is, uh, you know, that, that visual. So this speaks to your thing about the olfactory, the sense of smell, the olfactory sense, the sense of smell, that's potent. Mm-hmm. The visual is potent. And what we don't understand is there are multiple levels to what we're smelling and what we're seeing. So you may not know, um, um, you may, you may not know on a certain level that the high heel is meant to simulate and to mimic what a woman's foot looks like during orgasm, but something in, in many men know that, mm. and that, and that thing is attractive to us. Mm-hmm. The smell, the ornamenting of the body with certain smells, those smells, believe me, the people that put that stuff together, mm-hmm. they're scientists, yes. they know what certain smells produce, and what we know of the animal kingdom is that when females are ready to mate, they emit a certain smell mm. that potential mates get. So mm. that that stuff is potent. And I think we have to remember that we are part of the animal kingdom, yes. <laughs> that what we see in them is also deeply in us. And that's why I say you have to manage the sparks because they fly all the time. I know some people are not committed to being monogamous, and that's cool and that's your bag, stay in your bag. But for those who are, I just don't want people to be naive and think that it just happens magically. It's something you have to discipline yourself for. Yeah, one of the things that you, that you mentioned earlier was I think that um, in, in, in my experience, what I've heard from people is that you definitely have to continue to do the things you did when you got them. I remember one of my um, mentors said to me, um, um, he said, if you do something, you start off doing something. You got to continue to do it for the rest of your life. So if you if you're a person that goes to get her, he 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 used his uh, the analogy of him taking his uh, taking both cars to put gas in them. He was like, I've been taking to put gas in cars for the last thirty five years, and so I was like, wow. So that's always stuck with me. And so I try to look at the same things, and I always tell my friends, especially female friends, I'm like, well, I know it sounds great when the guys give you compliments and all this other stuff at the beginning. But just make sure he's doing that overall, because a lot of times and I'm not trying to put guys underneath the bus at all. Um, but I'm not I wouldn't say I'm not the best at giving compliments. And I know guys that, that they do a lot of that. But just make sure that he he holds true to that, because a lot of times when you get settled in your ways, you go back to who you were. So just make sure that the person is they're wearing that dress all the time. They wear perfume all the time. And this is not just something to get you. But also, it's something that it can get you and it's going to keep you as well. So true. So true, brother. So um, I really would love to hear our listeners, uh, what our listeners have to post and uh, regarding that. And um, again, you can find our, uh, our podcast on um, Apple Store. Um, I'm sorry, the Apple um, um, website, as well as our uh, 
tomorrowsmen.com. You can click on the link on the far right hand side and uh, listen to um, this particular episode as, a, as opposed to a lot of other ones that are there uh, with Parson and a lot of other good people. So I appreciate it. Appreciate you again, Parson, for being on and um, talking about this particular po- topic. And it's definitely gone a different way than I imagined, but I didn't really know how it could, we could articulate what we wanted to say. But you did a wonderful job. So thank you again. Thank you for the opportunity, brother. Take care. All right. You you take care of yourself. Please know we love you. Work with us. Be with us. And know we're coming from the heart. This is the Brother Brother Show.